Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. This is Power Couple Financial Podcast with Ariel Gonzalez from Arrive Financial and Insurance Services and his wife, the 403B doctor, Adela Gonzalez. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Ariel and Adela provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Power Couple Financial Podcast with Ariel and Adela Gonzalez. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us. My name is Ariel Gonzalez. And I'm Adela Gonzalez. And we are the co-hosts of the... Power Couple Financial Podcast. The new Power Couple Financial Podcast. And what this is, it's a husband and wife podcast. Uh, And what we're going to do today, we're actually going to talk about our story. We're going to actually share our story with you guys. Some of it isn't really... Right, honey? Some of it's not that pretty? It's not that pretty. Some of it's not that pretty to share. Um... It's sometimes embarrassing, you know, it's not easy uh, talking about your failures or your setbacks yeah, or that's for sure. kind of the the hole you kind of had to dig yourself out of. It's not, everybody wants to see the person on top of the mountain. No one wants to see the climb. Yeah. And so that's exactly what this is. My wife put it in a good way. Um, a, a lot of times people, when I get uh, uh, remarks or if I, if I get direct messages on, on one of my social media accounts, people are usually asking me about different things about regards to success but what what our goal is today is really we just want to really be transparent and give you a a uh, inside look an inside look as far as our our journey our journey and and what it take it took us to get here and the ups and downs the good the bad the ugly um, I know that it's possible. I know that it's possible. And we're, we're nowhere near our goals right, right now, right? No, no. But it, it's definitely been a journey. And yeah. it's been a great journey because yeah. without setbacks and failures, you're never going to go forward to learn what you need to do to um, keep winning. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's one of the, the biggest things that we hope to get across to you guys today. And we're also going to let you know why. We changed our podcast from the Not Your Average Financial Guy podcast to the Power Couple Financial Podcast. And let me just kind of give you a a little uh, insight on that. Just know that the more successful you become, the more people are going to try to knock you down. So I'm going to really explain to you what I mean by that and why we had to change our podcast. Right. And it's kind of a blessing in disguise. It is. But... Um, yes, that's definitely, we hear it oftentimes with, with people of success, you know, where they definitely have, you know, people that will try to take them down. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was something that happened in the last couple of weeks that my wife and I had to make a decision. And, uh, like she was saying that we think it's a blessing in disguise that, uh, we were, we were, uh, kind of forced to go this way, but I mean, we're looking forward to it. So, so let's get started. So my wife and I, Adela, we've been married for, honey, how long? 21 years. We've been married for 21 years, and it's funny because we have four kids, and there's so many blend, and there's nothing wrong with blended families, but when when we've been married, when we have four, well, we have four kids, but when we tell people we have four kids, 
they usually ask, oh, are two of them hers and two of them yours? And you guys got married and you guys are a blended family. We're like, actually, no, they're they're, they're ours. ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all are, are ours. They're all ours. So uh, have, I grew uh, up in a small town called Arvin and my wife lived out on the beach in uh, Oxnard, Ventura County. Ventura that's County. right. And so uh, I was good enough of a salesperson that I, I, I closed her on moving a bake. Well, actually, she kind of closed me on it. It was actually her idea. Yeah, the cost of living was just really expensive, and so um, we were living in Camarillo at the time. Right, so we were paying about twelve hundred dollars for a two-bedroom apartment with a little den, and our oldest at the time was just a little bit over two years old. And you know, how do you tell a two-year-old not to run down the hall, you know, or not to run at all because the downstairs neighbors were getting upset that you know they would hear the pitter patter of little feet, and they didn't like it. So we came to visit Ariel's parents. Um, back in early 2001 and um they told us hey you know they're they're building homes out here you guys should take a look you'll have a yard and it's probably cheaper than what you're doing for rent and so we came out to the northwest and back then it wasn't very much um you know populated as it is today yeah but um yeah so we we qualified for a first-time home buyer and paid less in um, a mortgage payment on our first home yeah so so we've been here, what, 16 years? 16 years, 16 yeah. years. So a little background on my wife. So she grew up in Ventura County. Uh, she's one of these girls in school that was like a jock at, played soccer all her, you know, growing up. And I played multiple sports. Multiple but sports, yeah. But I've soccer always, was like your thing. Soccer though. was my passion. I even played for the boys team in high school because back then soccer wasn't a big deal. And so you really had to... Um, set yourself apart and so you know I mean I wasn't an incredible soccer player but you know I held my own and so forth and um, you know I I always challenged myself um, to try different sports so I ran track I did softball I played basketball um, and I worked also so I was always a hard worker always driven um, very ambitious and I didn't really was never really like um, forced to kind of lead in a sense. I just kind of, everyone kind of gravitated towards me, you know? So uh, all the teams that I played on, I was the team captain. I was usually the MVP. Um, and my kids didn't believe me, but I, when I broke out the, the, all the plaques, and <laughs> then they realized, oh, okay, mom wasn't messing around. She was actually the MVP and, yeah. you know, the team captain. So I've always kind of been that hard worker. And it really comes down to my parents. You know, they're both hard workers. And um, that's one of the worth ethics that they've always instilled in me was always doing your best you know, giving it a hundred percent. And so I was always a driven person. I grew up with um, two brothers, an older brother and a younger brother. So I kind of grew up by myself because I was the only girl and we were each about four years apart. So I really didn't have anyone other than myself. And and for me, I grew up, uh, like I said, I grew up here locally in a a small town called Arvin, California. And uh, our our upbringing is Adele and I were, were, we were different. Uh, you know, my parents, um, hardworking people again, but when I grew up and, and started wanting nicer things, uh, you know, I had to go work in the fields and, and, and pick grapes and potatoes and strawberries and whatever else there was. Um, but I was a good, I was a good, good, good athlete. Uh, I played quarterback in high school and, and, uh, I don't know if I would consider myself a great athlete. I was always competitive in everything I did. And, uh, I was always ambitious, though. So at five years old, so, you know, they talk about being an entrepreneur. 
I don't know if I would consider myself an entrepreneur from the get-go, but I always wanted to make money and I always wanted to figure out different ways of making money. So I remember I wasn't five, maybe I was like eight. My dad used to take me around to all his buddies and um, I would cut their grass for for five bucks a, uh, a yard. So he'd take me around on a Saturday, I'd cut three or four lawns and I'd make 15 bucks uh, cutting grass. And so I've always been that kind of guy. I always wanted to learn, always wanted. And, and school wasn't my thing. My Adela was awesome. She was an A student. You know, she always had high GPAs and was that like pinnacle student. I was way on the other end where as long as I had enough to play sports, I was happy. Not that I wasn't a smart dude. I just, honestly, to me, it was a waste of time in my mind. Um, and so it was just different. But the good part is, is that uh, I, I truly believe that opposites do attract. And for those of you guys that know Adela and I personally, you'll, you, I, I know that you agree with us when I say, um, you know, we actually are completely different people. We are. We are completely different, but we still had that commonality of that ambition, the drive, being um, focused, you know, giving 100%, competitive, because we still are competitive somewhat with each other, you know, I mean, we kind of razz each other when we play golf or we work out together or, you know, if we're um, just out and about, um, even when we play soccer, you know, we tend to give each other that little extra nudge. So we're, we're very competitive. Um, but at the same time, you know, that kind of brings our, our strengths too. where I'm not necessarily a big entrepreneurial, like I, I didn't think that way when I was young, I wasn't raised that way. I was just raised to work hard, work hard, give it 110%. Ariel, on the other hand, had that entrepreneurial mindset. So having the entrepreneurial mindset and the worth ethic, you know, it's a great combo. And so that's where his strength is my weakness and vice versa. His weakness is my is my strength. Yeah, and yeah. so you guys get it. You know what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Basically, what she's saying is that our strength and weaknesses both complement each other because where she's strong, I'm not. And where I'm strong, she's not. So 100 percent. And that's 100%. where actually I, I we figured out being in business with, with each other, when to let a person lead in a certain area and when to come in and help them out in a certain area so that's that's kind of how we work together right um so let's get to this so i'm not we're not going to sit here and go go to our complete uh marriage but i do want to start going back how, how far are we going to go back honey? i say about 13 years yeah about 13 years that's really when it when it really started for us i mean we were a young couple in our late 20s um mid 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 mid, mid, mid Mid to late 20s. Mid, mid to late 20s, yeah. When we were introduced to uh, network marketing yeah. in about 2005. And so that was our first, you know, take on this big, big thing, you know, um, vision stretching, yeah. personal development, yeah. entrepreneurial, you know, going to these big events and getting fired up and inspired. And so that was our first take on, you know, um, that whole um, realm of there's something out there. We don't have to stay average like everybody else, mm -hmm. you know. And, and at so, that time, you were working in surgery. I've been always in surgery right? since I was. But 18. at that time, though, you mm -hmm. were working in surgery. You, yes. you were working at a surgery center. Correct. And I was making roof and shingles for a living. Yes. 
So Adela actually did go to. She actually moved out to Arizona when she was seventeen and went to a. a, a what, what? I went to a technical a school. school. Trade school. So yes. she she learned how to uh, be a, a surgical tech and she worked in surgery. She did a lot of different things in surgery center, but that was initially what she got hired for. Um, she obviously filled a bigger role. On my other hand, like I said, I never really went to. Uh, well, actually, I did go to a trade school, but yeah, I flunked out. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a trade school, but I flunked out. I mean, again, it just went back to this is a waste of my time. But anyways, I ended up making roofing shingles for a living, and I absolutely uh, hated it. Yeah. I did that for four years, working rotating shifts, graveyards, 12-hour shifts, days and nights, all within the same week. And make a long story short, I was a zombie for like five years, but it, it was decent money because of the overtime. And you know, it was living here in Bakersfield. It's just, you know, when, when you're, it's just unhealthy because I remember going home and I'd blow my nose and like tar would come out because it was just so dirty where I was working at. Um, and I remember when I was making roof and shingles, when I was working the night shift at the same time, like Adela just mentioned, where we got started in network marketing, but actually a little before that, I was studying to get my real estate license as I was working the graveyard shift. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. So I would take my stuff with me, my study materials, if I knew I was going to be working the graveyard shift. And, you know, if, if as long as everything was running, because it was production. So as long as the machines were running smoothly and shingles were getting made and my levels were fine that I had to monitor, um, I'd sit there and I would study uh, for my real estate uh, test. And, and it took me three times to pass yeah. it, but I finally did. And a lot of your coworkers said, like, you don't belong here. There's yeah. something about you that's different. Yeah. You don't belong here. You're just too pretty <laughs> to be here. So. Yeah, I did get that a lot. Not the whole too pretty part. They, I mean, a couple said that, but they were mostly like, dude, you're just way too ambitious to, to work here. Because I remember asking my supervisor, who was like, I considered more the top end in my field, well, you know, in that industry. And he was making about 80 grand a year with, with overtime. So I remember like at first for a minute thinking 80 grand a year, that's pretty good. But then I just... It hit me and I'm like, what am I thinking? 80 grand a year, like, man, that's actually not... Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot at all. Right. And um, and so that's why, I've always, like I said, Adele said, I've always been ambitious. That's where real estate came in. And honestly, I got into real estate because I wanted to know what title meant, what escrow meant, what, like, I didn't understand anything. When we bought our first home, we were kind of like... What? Rush through the process. Through the whole process. It, was, yeah. I mean, it was great. They did a great job for us, but... With no idea what we're doing. Yeah, they were saying, oh, it's in escrow and this yeah. and that. And we were like, oh, okay. But right. we didn't know anything. We didn't know anything. So I got my real estate license finally. And 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 um, I think I quit cold turkey, didn't I? Well, we saved about six months of income. We did. You know, a little bit here and there, um, you know, each paycheck. And then it got to a point where, you know, I was working full time. And this and, was pre-2008. Um, we were definitely living better because we were saving money. Um, you know, coming from Camarillo. So yeah. we knew how to budget. Um, and so then that's when you finally made the decision to go into real estate. And so we kind of, you know, prayed and, and hoped that for the best, yeah. you know, and, and then you got partnered up with a, a, a real estate here company town. here in town and, you know, did okay. And, and this was pre-2008, you guys. So, right. you know, I mean, you didn't have to be great in real estate to make money. I mean, right. everybody was... Yeah, it was a, definitely a, um, a market to be in. Yeah, well, I mean, anybody could have been in real estate <laughs> at that time and been horrible and still made money. That's how great the market was. So, fast forward, we're in real estate, honey. 
Um, we joined a network marketing company at the same time. Were you at surgery still? I was still surgery. You left though for a minute. Didn't um, you? in 2006, 2000, end of 2005, 2006, you did really well in real estate, and I was actually pregnant with our last child. Um, and so that was kind of a time where I also tried a different adventure and worked for an ophthalmology. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Doctor. And was his, you know, um, office manager, and so um, did that for a little bit, and then um, his wife decided to come back to work, and so there I went and didn't have a job because I got replaced by his wife. And that's right. So for a little bit of time, and this all happened, if I remember right, when the real estate market crashed. Correct. It was all kind of simul. Everything was kind of happening, you know, a week at a time. Everything was just kind of falling into its place, and everything was getting affected. And 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 so. It's 2007, 2008, uh, Adela and I were leveraged out to the max because even though we were making great money, I mean, you start to think like it becomes, it becomes almost like you think it's gonna be that way forever. And I, right. I, and I think everybody that's listening to this, when you, if you are involved in real estate at some point, you believe that it was gonna be that way forever, that the home prices were gonna continue to go up and things were gonna continue to be great and commissions were gonna come rolling in and and everybody was going to be buying and everybody was going to be selling and everybody was going to be driving a Mercedes and a BMW or a Porsche or a Ferrari. Um, and it was always going to be that way. And, and, and money was always going to be free flowing. Um, but all of a sudden, the brakes were put on and money dried up. Banks weren't lending. I remember people just that were doing really well committing suicide, just going crazy. And Make a long story short, um, Adela was between jobs. She was mm -hmm. out of job, for, out of a work for like what six months. And right. Yeah, I had our savings son. was gone. Yeah, you think you know you had a couple hundred thousand in the bank, you know, because we had multiple homes at the time. We had renters in those, but you know, when jobs start, uh, people start losing jobs. You know, businesses start cutting down. Mm -hmm. um, those renters couldn't even pay rent. Yeah, and, and we so, couldn't get them out either. And we couldn't get them out because, you know, there's in California, it's a squatter's rule. So yeah. if they stay, you can't really force them out. And so that was a point where it was really hard. So making those mortgage payments, I think it our, our income that we thought was sufficient that you know on a on a bad you know couple months we'd be okay but within six months we we were we had nothing yeah I mean literally you guys we had our our vehicles repossessed um, PG&E was off nothing to eat um, we had four kids four kids brand new baby brand new baby um, it got bad. I mean, you think about this. I mean, if you're, if you're, if it's just you or if it's just you and your wife and you guys are short on money, it's one thing. But when you got a whole family to look after and your kids are asking you questions as to mom and dad, why this and why that? And it's a big deal. And, and, and I mean, thank God our kids were young enough. They really don't, they really didn't. They don't remember it. They don't understand, understand but, you know. And I think that's that comes to our faith, you know, our faith was our biggest um, foundation, you know, because without God, I mean, we really probably would have been divorced and gone our separate ways because this is like a breaking point for a lot of marriages. You know, when when it go going gets tough, 
people don't realize, you know, those are kind of the vows you take, you know, for better, for worse, for richer or poorer, when we were definitely in the poorer state Mm -hmm. and we were, we were being tested. And so I just, you know, thank God that, you know, I'm a woman of faith and, you know, when the car was taken and the guy came knocking and said, you know, I need your keys, you know, I had to go in the garage and start taking out the car seats and, you know, I was crying the whole time, but at the same time I was like, okay, God has a bigger plan. He's got a bigger plan. You know, this is just kind of temporary. At least I was hoping that it was temporary. You know, it felt like it was going to be like this forever. But um, and when you're going through it, you definitely feel like. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely I, I mean, I, I understand when people lose everything. But at the same time, it's, you know, going through that experience, you know, allows you to have a different perspective and a little different appreciation towards things, you know, in the future. And you know what? Everybody around that time was living such a fake lifestyle. I mean, because money was coming in so easily. And, and we were too. I mean, yeah. I mean, we yeah, we thought we were good and we had the big screen TV and we had the big house and the nice cars. And, you know, I mean, we, we thought it was good. It yeah. wasn't going to end. And, you yeah. know, we had savings and we were set, but you know, things really and got- just like typical America, middle class America, you guys, or I mean, honestly, majority of America, I should be saying we knew how to go out there and work hard to make money. We just didn't know what to do with it when we had it. So the only thing we did was spend it. And we yeah, we saved some. But, you know, I mean, think about this. If, if you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee right now, unless you're in our industry, you really don't know exactly what's going on with your retirement right now. You don't know what's going on with your 401k other than that it's in the market and your employer's handling it. You don't know what it's doing, what they're charging you. If it's if you're even on track to retire the, with the amount that you want, it, nobody really knows. And so we were in the same boat, even though I, I look great and, and everything right. looked great on the outside, it didn't matter because on right. the inside... We didn't know what the heck we were going Exactly. We didn't know how, how leveraged we were. We, we were super leveraged. We didn't out, know guys. how much, you know, um, we needed to maintain. We relied on that leverage. We relied on everybody else. You know, as far as, you know, the market doing well, the renters paying their rent, you know, um, mortgages, you know, the mortgage companies, you know, following through with business, having buyers to buy houses. I mean, that's what we relied on. I mean, the the economy. And so when we didn't have our in-house stuff situated, when everything took a turn for the worse, Mm -hmm. it affected us. And so we told ourselves, you know, that that would never happen again. But during that time, you know, there's, there's that pivotal time too, is that you're, you're going through this, but then you're still thinking, okay, we, we got to, you know, stay focused. We got to keep dreaming big. We kind of, you know, keep going, pushing forward. So during that time too, in the network marketing, now we were introduced to the financial services. Actually, we were at network marketing first and, and I'm going to actually hit on that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, so as real estate was going down, I mean, you, every, we were losing things. And, mm-hmm. and uh, was I working at UPS yet? Not yet. So I wasn't working at, at UPS yet, um, but we were searching, right? And, I, and so check this out. So as I'm in my beautiful black Mercedes pulling into this big house, I pushed my garage door opener button to open the garage so I can pull in and it doesn't open. And I'm like, who the hell messed up the garage door opener? <laughs> I'm pushing the button, pushing the button and nothing. So then I finally get out of my car, I'll walk to the front door, use my keys, open the door to the house, flick the switch, 
and no lights. No lights. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, we we owed like almost eight hundred dollars on our electricity bill, which we didn't have. And here I am in this beautiful suit, expensive car, and no lights in the house. And and I remember myself, I had a moment where I just couldn't take it anymore and I broke down actually. I went and I sat on the stairs and I remember I just cried because I was just like, what what am I doing? And how, like, why? I mean, at that point, there was a little bit of pity. I did say, why me? But it, the bigger picture was, how am I going to explain this to my wife and my kids? And then, and, and so make a long story short, I mean, I think we were able, was it the next day to get our electricity turned on because a buddy let me borrow one of his credit cards. Um, it was just bad all around. But at that point, I, w- I could see the writing on the wall. Banks weren't lending anymore. Everybody was jumping off of bridges and it was really bad. And uh, we found network marketing and uh, I-, I had already known that I could do well. I just needed something like a system or a platform that I could use to build off of. And so we came across this network marketing company. I'm not going to say any names. This was not financial services. It was truly network marketing. And I dove on that uh, head first, mm-hmm. full go, right? Right. And and I think at that same point, my wife had, after about a month or so, my wife had finally... Um, yeah, I, I actually took a step down job. She took a lower paying job just just to have yeah, something. I had to in. beg the lady to give me the job because I was overqualified. And I said, look, I have four kids. I need a job. I will work my butt off. I will be the best employee you'll ever hire. And she's like, but I can't pay you what you're worth. And I go, I understand. I just need something. And so that's a humbling experience, you know, to go to somebody and say, look, I just need a job. Just trust me that I'm going to work my butt off and you're not going to regret it. And, and she thanked me, you know, that, um, down the road, you know, when I actually did leave that, um, you know, I shed some light on their inner workings of what was taking place because I'm an honest person. And so, um, you know, some of their employees were kind of cheating their, their, uh, their, their company. And so, um, that she always thanked me for that. So she always held me at a high regard, but, yeah, to, to beg somebody for a job, like that was hard to do. Yeah. And so um, and this was about what, 2008? It was 2008, the end of 2007, yeah. beginning of 2008, when I worked for that um, ophthalmology practice. And at that time, you guys, um, I went and I remember I ran into a friend of mine who was who I did some real estate with. And uh, he said he was working at UPS in the because we didn't have any health insurance at that time either. He said he was working for UPS at that time from four in the morning to nine in the morning, unloading the back of the trailers that in turn get put into the UPS vans and right. delivered. So I asked if they were hiring. He said, you know what? Show up at this day at this time. Ask for this person. And I think they can hire you. And one of the reasons why I worked at UPS and I'll always be thankful to UPS for this is because the Day one, this is back then, it wasn't like that anymore, but day one, I had health insurance for me and the family. It didn't cost me anything. And two, um, it was a steady paycheck. Uh, I was probably making, bringing home like 300 bucks a week, so it wasn't much, Uh, but it was a steady paycheck and I was done by 9, 9.30 in the morning, depends if they held us over. And I still had the rest of my day to build this network marketing business. And so, 
And that's that's what we did. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we did have help. The only that's one of the things, too, when when times are tough, you realize who's there for you. So, you know, your big circle of friends where you thought, oh, no, 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 through thick and thin, they're going to be there. Um, everybody left. Everybody just kind of turned the other cheek and, you know, really didn't want to look at your way and and, you know, lend a hand. And so, um, thankfully, my parents did help yeah, um, us did. a lot. They they loaned us a vehicle. They had three vehicles at the time, so they loaned us a vehicle, and um, we would kind of have to manage the schedule to figure out. Okay, Ariel's going to work. We had one vehicle yeah. that my parents loaned us, yeah. um, and we also um, ended up staying in one of their rental homes because we even lost our home at yeah. the time, and so that's when um you know we had to just kind of be um creative as far as our time and and you know when ariel was getting off of work when um you know i would go to my job and get and, and he would pick to, me up yeah your parents were there to help us pick up the kids from school right so my parents did help me so one thing i'm always thankful for is that my parents did step up a huge amount in comparison to people we thought were yeah. our friends and were really going to be there for us yeah. and so um, you know, I have to definitely appreciate my parents for that. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, man, there's no better learning experience than, than learning on the way down. <laughs> like a lot That's of the things sure. that, so when people ask me like, you know, Ariel, you, you know, you've had all this success and, you know, Arrive Financial is thriving and we're expanding and, and you know, all this stuff is happening. And it's all, I'm telling you, it's all stuff that I've learned in that throughout, time throughout the little setbacks absolutely those setbacks and mm-hmm. and i one of the major things that i did learn is not to put my future in somebody else's hands that's true that's one of the probably most important things that we've learned along the way is um, not relying on other people and i'm going to touch on that a little bit because uh you know there there are sometimes when you help somebody out and they promise you everything and they don't follow through so i'm going to touch on that later right but at the end of the day you cannot Put your future for you and your family in somebody else's hands. Yeah. So we do this network marketing, honey. We do well. We kick some butt. We hit this position in six months that is one of the most sought after positions in this company. But and we weren't making any money. It <laughs> and it didn't turn out to be what we thought it was going to right. be. Right. Absolutely. Another show and and it was kind of like you know the Wizard of Oz. You finally get to you to know see to wizard. see the wizard and you're like okay that was not what i expected yeah you find out it's this little dude behind a curtain with the with the microphone you know and that projects his voice and so we again we were kind of like in a position to where we were like really like when you're like when are we going to get out of this and during this time you guys we are still struggling to pay bills and put food on the table and 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 not only that we had because i worked from four to nine in the morning we had so many people, friends and family, looking at me as the the bad guy. The bad guy, <laughs> because you know, real quick it went from "Hey Adela, where's Ariel?" to "Hey Adela, where's your husband?" Yes, definitely. Uh, a lot of people were really just giving me directly or through Adela a hard, such a hard time for still pursuing. What I saw, what was the potential to build a, a life and, and have a dream and still be chasing after it. And and I was still ambitious. And and what it did is it actually made me hungrier 
that I will never, ever, ever let my family go through that again. And I still have that in me to where I refuse to have my family go through that again. And and a lot of the the heat Adela had to take from from her friends and family because they were like, what is Ariel doing? And who does he think he is? And hasn't why he is, learned his lesson? <laughs> hasn't he learned his lesson that business isn't for him and, right. and him living this life isn't for him? He just needs to go get a job and be happy with the paycheck. And oh my gosh, we got so much heat. That's so true. And, and what kind of a man I am that my wife has a job and you're out here trying to blah, 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 blah. And so, man, it woo, was tough. A it was lot tough. of that stuff was going on. And Reach, you know, I'd show up to a party, a family get together, and and I was like the elephant in the room, man. Like, people knew I was there, but yeah, it was <laughs> tense, man. Like you could cut that room with that with a butter knife. Just the air was so thick. Yeah, everybody wanted to say something, you know, especially when he wasn't around. But um, and everybody had an opinion. Um, you know, it's easier to you know make a comment on the outside you know, looking in when they're not living it. And so um, that's what I mean. I still have to give, you know, thanks to God because it was our faith that really kind of stuck us together and, and made us know that, you know, God has a bigger plan for us. And so that was one of our, our things that we always knew if we just had each other's back, we were good. We, yeah. We'd get out of this. And don't, don't, don't kid yourself. There we, was times. We mostly <laughs> had each other's back. Right. There was definitely times where she was like, screw you. And I was like, no, screw you. <laughs> um, but you kind of get over that and you realize, like, if you don't have each other, you don't have anything. That's true. That's true. And, and, and then not only that, but when you, when everybody else has left you, all you have is each is other. Is each other. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so then here's what happened. So we figured out this network marketing wasn't what we thought it was going to be. And, you know, just the way things work out, I had a friend contact me through... <gasps> MySpace. Was it MySpace? It was MySpace. Contact at the time. me through MySpace. For and those we, young people, you don't know what that is. That was the first like Facebook type of yeah. Uh, so he setting. contacted me through MySpace. He was a, a guy who I went to school with. Uh, I actually grew up with. We lived down the street from each other. And he said, you know, I remember he was one of these guys that was always he always did well in school. Right. He was always a very studious guy, and you know, I mean, I make friends with just about anybody, and so we always got along regardless, you know, and. And he said, hey, man, what are you up to? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he knew my family. I knew his. We were really close growing up. And we spent the night at each other's houses and competed in sports together. And we met up at a Starbucks. He showed me what he did. And and, and I, you really were trying to recruit him, too, for the network marketing. Right, uh, yeah, I was because I knew he was an ambitious guy. But at the end of the day, so I'm going to just tell you, to, speaking to the men out there, sometimes... When you have this like gut feeling, this, this, I don't know what it was, this instinct that this is the way to go. You just got to make a call. Your wife may not like it. Everybody else may not like it. Everybody else may think you're an idiot. But when you know, you know. And so when I met up and I saw the industry, this is when I ran into, came across the financial services industry. It was a no-brainer to me, and I just, I, I saw it. Like, I saw everything happen right away, and I made a decision right then and there without even talking to Adela about it. I said, I'm in. I need to do this. I had my questions answered. I got to go get a state license. I get it. 
let's do this. So I went home and I said, hey, man, but there's one thing we got to do. Can you follow me to my house? Because I need you to break this down to my wife. Right. And so I got to tell you, when I told Adela that I... You picked me up. You picked me up from work and we were in the truck and I remember coming down this um, Truxton extension. Yeah. And you were like, hey, I got to tell you something. And I was thinking, great. Now what? What else can possibly go wrong? Because we had debt collectors calling us. I'm yeah. like, what else? Leaving we're notices on our door. Trying to make ends meet. Like, money's finally coming in. We got food on the table. The kids are okay. Like, what else? And so he's like, hey, I decided I'm going to sell my business. I was like, what? And so I just kind of sat there in the truck like, oh, my gosh, now what? What what is this? What is he thinking? You know, we worked so hard in this network marketing to attain this position, you know, and we had all these people that that followed us and looked up up to us that I was like, how are we going to disappoint them? What are we going to tell them? Like, how is this going to work? You know, and so then I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So (laughs) we got home and. I think maybe 20, 30 she minutes was pissed, later. By the way, she was pissed. You know, I'm trying to make dinner and then I, we hear a doorbell. And I was like, okay, so how do you stay upset, you know, when you have company that yep, you yes. weren't expecting to show up? And so, you know, I've never met them. So, you know, I'm trying to be on a good behavior to show that we weren't upset at each other. And so they sat, sat us down and, you know, he kind of just, he brought his wife you know, and they're an incredible couple. And so, you know, just listening to them and, and the whole breakdown of the financial service business, I was like, wow, you know, no matter what people, money is always gonna be important, Yeah. no matter what. Through the good times, the, the bad times, um, the great times, it's always gonna be needed. And so reluctantly, you guys, reluctantly, Adela agreed that I did. it was a decent decision. Yes. Um, but I wanted to see proof that it worked, you know. Yeah, so. because, you know, I was working, 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 and the other company wasn't really bringing in a whole lot of money. So, you know, I, I, we were out there, and I hit the ground running, and I was out to like 11 o'clock at night doing appointments, just busy. But I wasn't licensed yet. And because of the way I am and, you know, because I'm a, I, I got to do things the hard way, I never study. So it took me three times finally to pass my exam. And. And I remember, you know, and this was back when I had to drive to L.A. to take my 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 uh, insurance. Exactly. My and insurance. we only had one car oh, again, that we, we were borrowing that we, you know, I had to fill up every time I, I, I took to L.A. Right. So I failed it once. And then I thought, OK, I, I, I know what the test looks like. I'll do better this time. But I didn't study. Went, took it again, failed it again, but did worse. And it costs money to take that test yeah, every time. Every so single time. Every time you take the test and gas money to go. And what we it was downtown L.A., so I had to pay for parking. Money we did not have. Yeah. And that, so I was starving every time I went over there because I couldn't afford to stop and get nothing to eat. Um, and I remember the third time, the, the, before I, I, I was going to test for the third time, Adela said, look, you are either going to pass this this time and study or you're going to go get a job. That's when she like she put her foot down. So I said, well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to study. So I actually studied. I went down there and I remember I was nervous as hell. I had my palms were sweaty. My hands were shaky and. And you know, so many different emotions are running through my mind and my I could see like pictures flashing through my mind. And honestly, I did not feel like I did very good on this test. So I was already thinking, well, I don't have a degree. 
I know how to do production work. What kind of a job am I going to get? Like, I don't even know who's hiring, you know? So I get this, I get this, they tell you right then and there. So I finished taking my exam. I'm waiting there and it's like a 15, 20 minute waiting period. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, there's, I'm just, my mind's everywhere at this point. And I find that I finally get my name called and I noticed the, 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 pay, the picture, the paper has a different look than it has had the last two times. And my picture was on it. And I was like, what? And he said, Hey, congratulations. And I looked and it said, pass. And I remember looking at that paper and the password, like I almost blacked out <laughs> because it said pass. And and I remember leaving that building. I think it was the Ronald Reagan building downtown in L.A. I remember leaving that building, walking downtown L.A. to this parking lot where I had to pay for parking. And I was like a zombie. I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't really see anything. I was just in disbelief. Finally found my, uh, I think it was our truck. Finally found a truck, sat there. I probably honestly sat there for like an hour. And I had another moment where I broke down and I was just, I was crying. And it was an ugly cry, you guys. I'm talking about boogers, <laughs> everything. And I broke down, man. And 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 the reason why is because I knew what our my family had been through. But I also knew what the promise of the future meant. Right. The hope. The hope, man. Like I saw hope. I saw light at the end of the tunnel. And that's the thing, you guys. That's the juice. Well, that's what I call the juice in life. That's what why some people win and some people do enough just to say that they tried. That's so true. Nobody is willing to do that. But man, that's the payoff. So make a long story short, I get home and I think, I don't even know if I had a cell phone. I don't even remember. I don't remember either. All Probably I know, not. <laughs> all I know is that I remember, I don't even remember telling you that I passed. Uh-uh. No. I just remember you getting home and you were just kind of like, wow. Like you've been through, you know, something. Yeah. And so then you're like, I passed, you know. So... It was towards the evening when you finally told me. Yeah. But, um, you know, because I think you were at work or something mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So that was the, so, the first venture of yeah. our new new adventure. A new a new adventure. Right. Next yeah. chapter of our life. And so, make a long story short, um, I get going and I'm doing great in this company. I'm kicking tail. Still making eh. Money was okay because yeah, I was obviously at a very small percentage. Contract level, right? Contract level, and and I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, and I'm driving to L.A. twice a week and doing whatever it took to win. And Adele and I, again, were barely getting by. And and some of our our agents knew that we were struggling. Right. But they supported us, and we found some really great friends. And and I remember that we had this event coming up in Phoenix where you and I just, we didn't have any money to go. Right. No, we had no money. We, We literally had a yard sale um, just to buy the tickets to get to the event. And then we had another yard sale. Like, I mean, we sold, I mean, we had a big house. So when we downsized, obviously, and kind of lost the house and the cars and, you know, some of the stuff, you know, we kept most of it, but then it got to a point where, okay, is it, how, how important is it? Do we really need that? Do we really need this sofa? You know, we have that other sofa. We can kind of get rid of this. You know, do we really cut the grass? No. Um, 
you know, we can probably get rid of this. We can do cut the grass with a, a, a weed whacker, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, we really had multiple yard sales. We looked at all the kids' clothes. What can we sell? Yeah. So everything that could be sold, we sold. We it. pretty much sold it. The TVs, we downsized. We kept the small little one, like a 24-inch, you know, yeah. sold all the big TVs. Um, and we, we even helped our, our teammates have yard sales, too. So that's the cool part, right? That's leadership right there. So our teammates saw that we took no excuses for not attending this event. And so they saw Adela and I doing whatever it took. And so guess what? They did the same thing. They did. Right. And so during that time, too, um, that was one of those pivotal moments where, yes, we had enough to buy the tickets because I think they were like four or five hundred dollars yeah. a ticket. Yeah at the time, you know, cause it was in, in Arizona and it was like a three day at this resort, whatever. And um, we still didn't have enough. And so I had started working at my new job at the time. And, you know, when you start working there, you haven't gotten your first paycheck yet. And so um, I was waiting for that. So, you know, you always have like a little bit of a, of a gap between funds coming in and so forth, starting a new job. And so during that time, I also told Ariel, I'm like, well, you know, what do we got left? We really had nothing left to sell. I mean, even the bed frames of our, our, our bed, the, or not the bed, the the backboards, the, the the, the footboard, the dresser, you know, we sold all that. Even our kids, like all they had was just a bed frame and the bed on top of the bed frame, you know, and maybe like one dresser. But like I said, we sold everything because you realize in that time, that's all. That's not a necessity to live, like to still have food on the table, roof over your head, you know, good water to shower and stuff. It's not a necessity. And so, yeah, it looks pretty when you look at the door of a, of a bedroom and everything's nice and pretty, but it doesn't require you to live. And so that's really what, what it came down to. Was it a necessity or is it a want? You know, was it a need or a want? And so long story short, um, I, I don't even remember how it came about, but um, I told Arrow, I'm like, well, I have my wedding ring. And so he's like, no, I can't make you do that. And so I go, well, we need the money. At that time, uh, um, selling gold, like people, yeah, people were going were, from hotel to hotel buying gold. Gold, right. And my, my ring was platinum and gold at the yeah. time. And um, it was, you know, like Those half the a ones, carat. the rings that we bought when we first right, got married. When we first got married, went yeah. to Robin's brothers, Robin's brothers down in Topanga yeah. and um, bought our, our rings and, you know, financed those and stuff. And so um, I was fond of my ring, but at the same time, you know, it was like, well, I think God has a bigger plan and I think we, we really need to be there. And so I pulled up to the Jubbletree Hotel right here off of Rosedale Highway. And so he's like, are you sure? You know, and I'm like, yeah, you know, so I took a, a look at it one more time. I'm like, okay, go ahead. And so he's like, are you sure? And I go, yes, go ahead. And so um, I handed over the ring and he walked in and I just remember kind of like putting my head on the stairwell, like, what did I do? And so um, I was reluctant. I didn't want to go open the door and say, no, 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 I was just kidding. But um, I just let him walk in and, um, he came out and he's like, okay, well, they gave me, I don't even remember how much like they gave 400 us. Bucks. It wasn't nothing. It was nothing, but it was just enough yeah. to get us there. Yeah. Like it was just enough. And I was thinking, okay, I should get my first paycheck that Friday yeah. when we're at the event. Yeah. 
And so we drove down. So we could have money to eat and stuff when right. we were there. There was, I think, six of us. Six or, of us piled up into our... In, in a little car. I think we borrowed, or we had our friend's car. They drove. Yeah. And I remember oh, we were in the back. Oh, Chrysler Pacifica. Right. And so we were yeah. all loaded. We had sleeping bags because none of us could really afford a hotel room, like, to have our own. So we all said, okay, we're all going to sleep on the floor. We'll rotate taking the bed. Yeah. You know, it's three days at this event. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll figure it out. And so everybody was, was on board. And we were willing. We were you know, motivated to, to learn and be surrounded by millionaires and, and be taught these different principles that, you know, we needed to learn Yeah, and we get there and, um, we're at this event. Before that, so we're driving over there and it's like six in the morning because we decided to drive overnight. So it's like six in the morning and Adela says, because she's driving now, Adela says, Hey, call the bank to make sure, uh, or to see how much got deposited. So I'm calling the bank and it says no deposit. And I'm like, okay. And it's six in the morning, right? Normally direct deposits, they hit pretty early in the morning. Right. Or five in the morning I was calling. And then I called at 5.30. I called at six, called at 6.30, called at seven, no deposit. So then what happened? So then at eight o'clock, I called my, um, my, my company, the HR, you know, actually I reached out to my boss and I was like, hey, did paychecks like get dispersed? And she's like, oh yeah. Everybody got paid. And I was thinking, well, what the heck? I didn't get my paycheck. You know, what's going on? And so she's like, really? You didn't get it? And I go, no. I go, it didn't get deposited. And and she's like, that's weird. She's like, here's the HR number. And they were in Van Nuys. And, you know, I worked here in Bakersfield. And so I reached out to the gal in Van Nuys. And so she's like, no, I don't understand. And so I guess she made an error. She realized that she didn't put push a button. And my check didn't get sent to the bank. And so she's like, I'm going to have to send you a paper check. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm in a whole nother state. I am banking on that money to go in in order to have food and gas money um, for this event. I mean, because we had no credit cards. We couldn't we couldn't do any of that. Everything had to be cash. And so, you know, of course, I began to cry, you know, because Ariel went to go check us in you know at the event and I'm on the phone sitting I remember sitting on the curb you know kind of crying like I can't believe this is happening like I worked my ass off excuse my language and I didn't get my paycheck you know and I sold my wedding ring you know we get over here we had multiple yard sales we're here at this event I'm trying to stay positive but it was really tough it was really tough and so um I remember being at the event and I think, um, you know, seeing the the people be motivated and it was inspiring to get out of that. Honey, let's tell them about the uh, the time. And this is kind of backtracking a little bit, you guys, but you guys have to hear this. So we have our young, was it Aiden? Do we have our, our third one with us? Yeah, we know we have no, no, Ari. No. It was Ari. Was it Ari? It was so we, our baby. We, we had another event that we had to go to. Again, Adele and I didn't have any money. We had another guy with us. <laughs> Um, so we get to this ragtag hotel again, and it was in Arizona, huh? It was in Arizona. It was, it was rag in Phoenix. Ta- yeah, ragtag hotel in Arizona. Because that's all we could afford. It was and it like was 40 so bucks bad, you guys. Like when the door closed, there was a crack in the door that I could, like people could see in and I we could see out. The 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 tub and, and the shower, the water never drained. So it as you were disgusting. trying to shower, it was going up to you like your calves. And... The bed sheets. We felt, didn't even sleep on the bed sheets. No, the bed sheets felt like 
It was bad. It was bad. The the the, the bath towels were see through. They were half the size of a normal towel. Half they were the size scratchy. Of a towel. Had holes. It was bad. It was a roach motel. It was yeah. bad. So so the story is you know I mean it's not always pretty you guys as you're building a business and so we go to the event we come back we do well we starting to, we're starting to get ahead and then uh the buddy that we got started in the in business says hey you know what i want to branch off and we'll start our own company right so we fast forward we help uh my my buddy that i grew up with the same one that got me into the the, the first financial services company and i help him build his company and again he's living down south i'm living in bakersfield and we're driving back and forth and right. making things happen and we yeah. have our own office at this point and we're and learning we're learning the business the ins and outs of the business you know still growing but we're we're finally like climbing up that mountain yeah you know and so it felt good to um start having something of our own and things still working you know um, moving forward and working well and um finding you know um agents that are are motivated and driven and ambitious and, and at this point you guys just to let you guys know because a lot of times when people want to start a company or start a, a business they always wait for the they, they're, they're thinking about waiting for the perfect time as adela and i were doing this and building a new company she's still working by the way right um, full time my dad is living with us and he's sick and he's dying and things are just all bad and I'm we're having to deal with that as well and still trying to pay the bills and still trying to get ahead and still trying to build a business and still holding on to the dream and still wanting to get things done and still trying to be an example to our kids and man you know my dad and I had a falling out at the very end and so I had to actually kick my dad out of the house just because of certain things that were going on that I wouldn't allow in my house and I love my dad, you guys. I mean, you know, they talk about tough love and, and and to this day that's you know, it still hurts me when I talk about it. But you gotta keep pressing forward. Like things are gonna happen in the process of you he, trying to achieve whatever you're trying to get Absolutely. done. And you gotta press forward. You just have to kind of have the the vision, you know, the, your goal, you know, what you want your life to look like. Yeah. You know, and the decisions that you're making, are they leading you in that direction or are they pulling you away? So even though sometimes it's tough and it's hard, you know, you have to ask yourself, is this in the direction of what I ideally want my life to look like? Or is it leading me into a complacent, average, ordinary life? Am I settling? And so that, that was a lot of the conversations we had throughout these moments is that you know we still had our life that we wanted to design and having that ambition and and that drive you know with all these setbacks and you know every time we came to a fork in the road you know it was kind of like well is it going to lead us to the life that we want yes it's going to be hard yes we're going to have to you know fork more money out yes we're going to have to work harder we're going to have to figure it out but it's going to get us there or do we just choose the easier road and just accept this is the way it is and it's never going to happen? And so um, that was one of the things that we, you know, had to go through. I mean, even establishing our credit. I mean, after all those, the debt and, and you know, and, considering filing bankruptcy. Yeah. I mean, that was that was definitely on the table. And um, one of our, our CPAs said, you know what, don't just just deal with it 
you know, you're going to regret it down the road. So we didn't file, but we had to deal with a lot of the debt. So even financing a car. So by that time we're making money, but we still couldn't even finance a car at a decent interest rate because, you know, our credit was so bad. And so those are a lot of the things that people don't don't realize is that, you know, you want this lifestyle, but sometimes you just kind of have to set it set it back a little bit and say, okay, this is reality. Let's let's figure it out. And so our cars, you know, we we bought them, we financed them, you know, because we had it, we had to, and you know, now they're paid off. But, um, you know, those are the things you kind of have to do. You have to those sacrifices you have to make. And so, just to kind of quick to backpedal a little bit at. To just talk about like you just gotta endure, right? You gotta, you gotta. Sometimes you gotta do stuff that sucks. So at that point, Adele and I were building that other company with our friend, and uh, I had to kick my dad out of the house. And when that night, I didn't know this, but that evening, because when I think when I woke up, my dad was gone, huh? That yeah. next day after he and I had that falling out. Yes. So that night, my dad wrote me a letter and he put it inside this like ornament that he used to keep on his desk when he uh, worked in as a draftsman for an engineering company. So my dad writes me this letter, rolls it up and puts it in this this thing. And I never read it and I get it. And my dad's gone. I wake up in the morning. My dad's gone. Some of his stuff is gone and I don't know where he's at. And I get this thing and I don't want to read it. I'm so upset with my dad that I get it and I just put it in the garage. Mm -hmm. Make a long story short, two years goes by and I still haven't read this letter. And at that point, my dad was really sick. Um, You know, he was terminal at that point. And my dad ended up passing away at the age of 53. And I remember I still hadn't read that letter. And uh, Adela asked me about it and I'm like, no, I know I haven't read it. I told her, I go, you go read it. So then she goes into the the garage because that's where it's been at for the last two something years. And she comes in and she, you know, she, her eyes are just, she's just crying. And she's like, you need to read your dad's letter. So at that point, I'm like, what, what does she read? So I go to the garage and I read my dad's letter and it just talks about, you know, it was basically a love letter that my dad left me. And so to this day I still try to make my dad happy and I'm proud I'm proud and and not only that but then now when I think about that I try to be that example to my kids because you know my dad wasn't perfect but one thing I can always say about my dad he was always there for me when I was in a tough spot my pops was always there and so um it was just amazing to me how after having the kind of a falling out that he and I did and me having to kick him out of my house that he had the, the wits about him, the know, the know-how or just the compassion for his son to write me a love letter and to me not to read it until after my dad wasn't there anymore. And between now and then, the last couple of years before my dad passed, um, he would ask me, hey, have you read the letter? And I'm like, no, dad, I'm not reading it. No, dad, I'm not reading it. No, dad, I'm not reading it. So I never really got the chance to tell my dad that I read the letter because he had already passed away. So Adele and I are building this business as all this is still going on with our home and like our, our home life. Right. So it's a lot to deal with. So just to kind of start wrapping this thing up. So Adele and I are helping our buddy build this company. We've learned a lot and I'll always be grateful for him to introducing me to the industry and to Absolutely. allowing me to learn the back end of the business. And at the end of the day, 
there was a lot of things that were supposed to have gotten done, unfortunately, that just didn't turn out. And uh, and that's one thing I'm going to just give you guys some some advice. Who you start your business with may not always be the person you end up the, building your long-term business with. Right, right. Um, so make a long story short, uh, Adela at this point had left her job. And for those of you guys that know Adela, she is super organized and that's one of her strengths. And that's one of my biggest weaknesses. And so we, you know, Adela and I were just having this conversation and, and, uh, and multiple companies had been trying to have Adela and I go work with them. Right. And I think we were actually driving back from Arizona. We went to go visit some agents in Arizona and yeah. we were having this kind of epiphany like, okay. What, what's the next level? Like, wh where do we see ourselves in two, five, ten years? And, you know, um, unfortunately, it wasn't with our friend. And, and and like Ariel said, we'll always be thankful because um, it was a blessing in disguise, that hope, that light when you needed it the most in that darkness. And so we'll always be eternally grateful for that. And it got to a point where, you know, we had each other and we knew what each other brought to the table. Mm -hmm. And we were in a in a point in in our life financially to be OK with myself walking away from making a great living at that time. A good in most. She was making over forty dollars an hour, you guys, of, you know, working, you know, that would be a great income. And yeah. so to be able to say, I'm, I'm done, I'm worth more. Like that was a turning point for me because I had worked ever since I was basically 16 in surgery for 20 years and then decide, you know, we went to a Bob Proctor event in LA and I felt like he was the grandfather speaking to me like, hey, you need to do this. And, and I turned around to Ariel and like, I think I'm gonna quit my job. And he's like, you should, like, I think it's time. And for him, like that was a, a reassuring, like for him to say that to me, that was like, okay, that's what I needed. But I was so scared out of my mind because then I was thinking, what are, what are my parents going to think? Oh, my gosh, I'm going to disappoint them that I'm not working, that I'm, I'm not paying into Social Security like they they paid into it. And so, you know, just all these different things started coming in, you know, and and it's really just stuff that, you know, they it's, it's nothing bad. But, you know, you're kind of taught and you really don't really know that there's anything different. And so that was one of the um, best moments in my life that I will say like, okay, I was getting older, 40 was in the horizon. And I realized like, I don't think I can do medical or surgery the next 20 years. And then that's when, you know, I finally pulled in my uh, resignation and within five minutes and then my boss didn't show up that day to work and so i was like great so i called ariel what am i going to do my boss is in here that's so unprofessional i'm going to email this you know letter of resignation to her and so long story short i emailed it and so i was like all right send you know it was so i contemplated hitting that enter button for like five minutes because i really didn't want to hit send but i know i needed to be done it was that uncomfortable feeling but i know i needed to do it because you know um it was going to change our lives and so i'm thankful but the ceo called me within five minutes and i you know never i rarely talk to him but he's like hey i just received your resignation <laughs> so i was like i didn't send that to you i sent it to my boss and so she he's like i, I want to keep you you know you're an asset and and i said you know what i'm flattered i appreciate it but at the end of the day you can't replace my time and yeah. you know no matter no amount of money that you can give me is going to be worth me you know 
not working on my dreams. And mind you, you guys, at this point, Adela had never had the opportunity to take the kids on their first day of school. Or yeah. it was always me. It was always Ariel. I missed all that because I was working sometimes 12-hour shifts, 10-hour shifts were pretty much the average norm for me. I would go in when it was dark and I would leave essentially when it was dark. But, you know, I loved it. I mean, I, I can do that job with my eyes closed and I loved it. But, um, you know, what was the next stage of, a, of our life? What did we want to create? And so that's when you you have to make that, that tough decision. You know, yeah, is it going to be hard? Probably. But is it worth it? Absolutely. And that's where, where Arrive Financial was born. And, and our, our philosophy on how we wanted our company to look and, and to provide a platform for anybody to come in here and be a professional in our industry, not just somebody that wants to go talk to everybody. I'm talking about being a professional and being able to strategically help out somebody with retirement planning. Right. Uh, be a professional and have a platform and the tools and the resources, resources and the knowledge and the knowledge on how to actually help somebody plan a retirement. Right. Because Ariel and I both both come from families that, you know, um, are, are just hard workers. They provided, they cared for their family. They, they did the best that they could, but no one taught them financial principles. No one taught them how to really save. No one taught them or explain to them how pensions works, how social security works, how savings, you know, how important, how life insurance, all these financial principles, no one taught them. And so that was one of our passions is that, you know, how are we gonna change that shift, how people are viewing money, how people are viewing financial um, retirement options and planning for their future? How do we change it for, all of our our family and friends that you know no one comes knocking at the door or feels like you know they don't have the money to really talk to somebody that is a financial professional because they all think it's gonna cost a lot of money and most people are living paycheck to paycheck so that was one of our passions when we created arrive financial was being able to be that light for those those families and our friends and our um um just the community that we can service and educate people um on just financial principles yeah and so that's that's where awry financial was born from and that's where we continue to evolve right absolutely um change and and uh just continue to massage our the company the the way we want it to look and and that's the beauty of it is that we're working together and you know as we see you know how social media is 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 playing a huge role yeah. in in how we look at the next five, 10 years, podcast. or even this podcast, starting this podcast. I know Ariel's always wanted to do it, but we really just didn't know how or to go to go about it. And so that was something that, you know, was kind of on the five-year goal plan. And so- And it's, that's the way Adele and I work together, you guys. So I like to think, and I, I like to, to daydream and, and ideas and, and what ifs and and let my mind wander and i mean i don't be wrong i'm an action guy but i like that part to where adela is very surgical and 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 documented and strategic and and organized so that's the roles we play in arrive financial with our company and so that's when people ask like how can you guys work together and it's like it's really not hard at all because she gets my role, I get her role, I let her be, she lets me be, but at the end of the day, everybody wins. Right, yeah. 
that's how we work you know ariel's the thought process and i figure out okay how do we execute it how do i train how do i you know convey this message so that it's duplicatable too yeah. and so that's how we've been able to have such a great company and continue to evolve and and, and i'm excited for the next couple of years how it's evolving and then even within like the company right adela everybody knows that they can go to adela and adela will make them feel warm and fuzzy inside and I'm not everybody's best friend, but I will give them to them. I will give them their vegetables. I will make sure that they understand when they're doing the right things or when they need to get better. And right. and and so that's again another balance that her and I bring to the company, and and is an asset to the company actually. Absolutely, absolutely. And so where we're at today, um, the reason why we had to change our podcast from the not your average financial guy to now the new power couple financial the podcast. power couple financial podcast is because. The more successful you become, the more people are gonna to wanna to rain on your parade. So make a long story short, a couple of weeks ago, I got a letter in my email, and we also got a certified letter right. here at the office where uh, another company out there that has a similar name to my Not Your Average Financial Guy podcast, well, they have part of that or majority of that phrase trademarked. So I got a cease. It's filed, it's not it's official. Filed. Yeah, but. so I got a cease and desist letter in, the, uh, in my email and you know, I, yeah, I contemplated you know fighting it and blah blah blah. But then I started thinking about resources and my energy and my time. I've got other things going on that are bigger and better. But to touch on that too is in comparison, our analyticals for the podcast, even though we were just barely starting eight episodes in versus their you know eighty or so in, our analyticals were much higher. And so what Ariel was saying, you know, sometimes when you have more success people are gonna rain on your parade. They're gonna yeah. try to take you down somehow, some way or another. And that's okay. We look at it as a blessing disguise. It's a right. We're gonna keep pursuing, yep. keep pushing forward. You know, yes, keep we're evolving. gonna keep evolving. You know, and we're excited because we have a lot of great friends that are business owners, that are entrepreneurs in their own different businesses that are that are successful. And I'm excited to share those um, their stories with you so yeah. that you can learn and apply those in your life and help develop what you want to achieve yeah yeah exactly so honey is there anything else you want to add it's no. been over an hour i hope you guys are enjoying this podcast i mean obviously there is a lot more Dell and i could go in depth about but i think those are majority of the like high points yeah right? just know like you know we don't we don't tend to dwell in the past we look forward you know, yes, you know, talking about these, like our, our timelines might've been a little bit off, but um, we went through a lot. Um, do I regret it? No. Would I do it again? Yes, 100%, because it made us who we are today. Yeah. You know, it was hard. I mean, does it bring back bad memories? Absolutely. Like there's probably a couple times where I wanted to choke up and cry because it brought me back to those moments of struggle and how are we going to survive but in the end in the end god has us 110 percent he's our yeah. foundation in in our marriage in our in our lives in our in our business you know and we do everything to glorify him and so um that is something we we instill in our kids and so i'm excited for what the future holds and yeah. like i said arrive is continuously evolving and we're looking for, you know, people, we're, we're trying to build a championship team. That's yeah. really the way I look at it. Ariel and I talk about it a lot is that, look, 
you know, we've been a part of teams, winning teams, you know, when we were young as, you know, in sports and stuff and no one wants to be part of a losing team. No one, no one has fun. No one enjoys it. And so that's kind of the principles we look at when we build our company is that we want to be part of a winning team. We want to have the tools, the resources, you know, um, all of that to have our agents be successful in their own business. And so that's why um, I love what we do and, it, and it's exciting. You and know? you know what, I, as a side benefit that, I mean, yeah, I knew it was gonna happen, but it's kind of cool to see because now our kids are older. The kind of example that my kids see with my wife and I, I mean, their thoughts of their future Oh, it's changed. Way different yeah, than an it's average a kid. 360 degree change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because their process was, oh, I'm going to go, you know, work, go to school, get a good education, get a good job. You know, that was, it was, you know, about 10 years ago, that was a thought process. And now it's like, okay, what kind of business am I going to get? Do I really want to go to school? Maybe I should do e-commerce. Maybe I should, you know, do something that I can maybe do the family business. Could I, you know, get a license with you? Do you deal with money? I kind of like that. You know, so they're they're evolving too because of the example we've given them yeah. of going through all of these setbacks and different um, obstacles to be able to come out ahead and and still keep pushing forward and still keep developing and ke- and still learning. And Ariel and I are still learning. You know, I oh, mean, we're, we're every day. I mean, financial services is always evolving. Different things are changing the market is coming out with new products and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so it's exciting because even though as we get older, we're still constantly learning and that's the exciting part. And we still work our tails off. I mean, sometimes we're in here on Saturday working. Absolutely. And don't be wrong, we we spend a lot of good quality family time, but we definitely get in here and we get after it. Yeah, and it it helps our, our, our kids to see the example and they're excited, you know? I know with this podcast, some of our, our son's friends are like, dude, your dad's on my podcast or my, my Instagram feed, you know, (laughs) um, that's crazy. So now, you know, we're kind of like a little celebrity here in town because they see us, you know, having our podcast and they're like, Oh, it's them. It's them, you know? So it's fun, you know, but again, we just hope to bring more content to you. That's value, valuable that you can use in your, in your daily life or your business or in your retirement plan or in your retirement plan. Right. And so we're excited. Like I said, we're evolving and, and it's exciting to see the changes, how it's affecting our family and for those that were around in our business and for those that we can help. So you guys, I want to thank you guys for jumping on the podcast. This is the, this is, well, this is seven, I think episodes total, but the first episode of the new Power Couple Financial Podcast. Correct. So thank you for jumping on. We appreciate it, taking the time out to listen to our story. And I hope it inspires you to keep pushing forward no matter what setbacks and and failures you're feeling. You know, we've been there. I understand. Just keep your head up, you know, keep pushing one step in front of the other. And and I promise you, you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. It'll be worth it. 100%, you guys. Till next time. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to Power Couple Financial Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Ariel or Adela Gonzalez at Arrive Financial and Insurance Services. Call 661-636-6862 or visit them online at arrivefinancialservices.com.
All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services offered through Arrive Financial and Insurance Services. Ariel Gonzalez, Adela Gonzalez, and Arrive Financial and Insurance Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.